Hello, friends. It is good to be with you on this first day of July. Whether you're waking up in the early hours or whatever continent you're on, having a sweet time of fellowship with the Lord at the breakfast table on your way to work, on the mission field overseas, taking a lunch break or reflecting upon God's goodness at the end of the day, we are glad that you're taking time to get perspective, wisdom, direction, and refreshment from God's Word. The Lord Jesus said, Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is the one-year Bible tour guide. My name is David McAdam, and I'm happy to serve as your host as we read through the Old and New Testaments. We are starting on month seven of our journey, just days away from our halfway point through the Bible. It is good to hear reports from listeners that they're gaining fresh understanding as we read through the Scriptures. Today's portion from the Old Testament finds us in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 13. We will read through to chapter 19, verse 37. Sennacherib attacks Judah. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 13. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. And the king of Assyria required of Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the doorpost that Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabsaris, and the Rabshakeh with a great army from Lachish to king Hezekiah at Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they arrived, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is on the highway to the washer's field. And when they called for the king, there came out to them Eliakim the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder. And the Rabshakeh said to them, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, on what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you now trust, that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting now in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff, which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God. Is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Come now, make a wager with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you two thousand horses, if you are able on your part to set riders on them. How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants, when you trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Moreover, is it without the Lord that I have come up against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and Shepna and Joah said to the Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said to them, has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men sitting on the wall who are doomed with you to eat their own dung and to drink their own urine? 
Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine, and each one of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, that you may live and not die. And do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of the Shevarim, Hena, and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their lands out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But the people were silent and answered him not a word, for the king's command was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. Chapter 19 Isaiah Reassures Hezekiah As soon as King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, and covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and the senior priest, covered with sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God heard all the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Sennacherib defies the Lord. The Rabshakeh returned, and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna, for he heard that the king had left Lachish. Now the king heard concerning Terhaka, king of Cush, Behold, he has set out to fight against you. So he sent messengers again to Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands, devoting them to destruction. And shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, the nations that my father destroyed, Gozen, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden, who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of the Zephar Vayim, the king of Hena, or the king of Iva? Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, 
You are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. She despises you, she scorns you, the virgin daughter of Zion. She wags her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you mocked and reviled? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes to the heights? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have mocked the Lord, and you have said, With my many chariots I have gone up the heights of the mountains to the far recesses of Lebanon. I felled its tallest cedars, its choicest cypresses. I entered its farthest lodging place, its most fruitful forest. I dug wells and drank foreign waters, and I dried up with the sole of my foot all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard that I determined it long ago? I planned from days of old what now I bring to pass, that you should turn fortified cities into heaps of ruins, while their inhabitants, shorn of strength, are dismayed and confounded, and have become like plants of the field, and like tender grass, like grass on the housetops, blighted before it is grown. But I know you're sitting down, and you're going out and coming in, and you're raging against me. Because you have raged against me, and your complacency has come into my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will turn you back on the way by which you came. And this shall be the sign for you. This year eat what grows of itself, and in the second year what springs of the same. Then in the third year sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat their fruit. And the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David." And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. And as he was worshipping in the house of Nishrosh his god, Adramelech and Sharezer his sons struck him down with a sword and escaped into the land of Ararat. And Hisarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. And this concludes today's portion from the Old Testament in the book of Second Kings. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. Shalmaneser, otherwise known as Shalmaneser V, was the Assyrian king who attacked the northern kingdom of Israel, deporting its population, the ten tribes, into their captivity in Assyria and replacing them with Gentiles from Babylon, Cuthah, 
Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, who settled in the towns of Samaria. Shalmaneser was overthrown by his younger brother, Sargon II, who not only completed the defeat of the kingdom of Israel, but also conquered Babylon, uniting it with the Assyrian Empire. Sargon was killed in 705 BC while leading a campaign to Tabal, which had rebelled against Assyrian rule seven years earlier. He is succeeded by his son, Sennacherib, the grandson of Tiglath-Pileser III. Our reading starts with Sennacherib capturing all the fortified cities of Judah in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 13. This assault leaves King Hezekiah cowering. He is pressured into saying, I have done wrong. He gives Sennacherib all the silver that was found in the temple in Jerusalem, even stripping the gold from the doors and doorposts of the temple. Sennacherib is not yet appeased. He sends messengers to King Hezekiah with intimidating accusations. His messengers make sure that they are speaking in Hebrew and not just Aramaic, understood by the officials. He wanted to intimidate all the people, especially those who were posted to guard the palace walls. The messengers publicly ridicule Hezekiah for any relationship of cooperation with Egypt or dependence upon the Lord. He sends a message that threatened the lives of all at the king's palace. The Assyrian commander insists that the people of Judah hear the words of the great king of Assyria and not listen to the words of Hezekiah. The commander reports, quote, Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you from my hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and the city will not be given into the hand of Assyria. End quote. 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 29 and 30. How do you respond to the taunts of the enemy? The words of the Assyrian commander reminds us of the devil, Satan, the adversary, the slanderer, the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, and John chapter 8, verse 44. Do you know what it is to have the Lord bridle your tongue, in Psalm 39, verse 1? Are you swift to hear and slow to speak, in James chapter 1, verse 19? Hezekiah wisely advises the people not to answer him, in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. Those who wrestle with skunks end up smelling like them. They also can fall into traps. May the Lord govern our tongues. Jesus stood silent and did not answer the devious questions of the great high priest, in Mark chapter 14, verse 61. Hezekiah humbles himself before the Lord, tears his clothes, which is a sign of repentance and grief, and he goes before the Lord in the temple. He sends Eliakim, the palace administrator, to the prophet Isaiah to receive a word of wisdom from the Lord that would rebuke the messenger of Sennacherib. Isaiah, the son of Amos, served as a prophet for the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah forty years during the reigns of Azariah, that is, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 5-7 through 7, we read, So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Isaiah said to them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Sennacherib then sends a letter to Hezekiah, once again ridiculing him for thinking that the God upon whom he depends could prevent Jerusalem from being handed over to the Assyrians. 
Hezekiah's response to Sennacherib's intimidation is instructive. He puts the entire situation in the Lord's capable hands. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. Hezekiah's prayer is full of faith and realism. He recognizes who God is and what he has done, but he does not live in a dreamland. He acknowledges that indeed the Assyrian conquest has been pervasive. He cries out to the Lord for help. Now, O Lord, our God, I pray, deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. Hezekiah has a desire to see the name of the Lord honored and glorified. He casts his care upon the Lord, knowing that the Lord cares for him. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Psalm 55, verse 22. Isaiah sends back word that the Lord has heard Hezekiah's prayer. Isaiah replies in his particular prophetic style that assures Hezekiah that the Lord is in control. Isaiah prophesies that a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Even with captivities to come, there will be a remnant of survivors coming out of Jerusalem. The Lord assures Hezekiah that he will defend Jerusalem. That night, 185,000 men are put to death in the Assyrian camp through the agency of the angel of the Lord, causing Sennacherib to withdraw. Sennacherib is eventually cut down with a sword by his sons, who escape to the land of Ararat. Esarhaddon succeeds Sennacherib as king of Assyria. Now let's go to today's reading from the New Testament, the book of Acts, chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. Paul goes to Jerusalem. The book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 1. And when he had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey, and they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed, and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais, and we greeted the brothers, and stayed with them for one day. On the next day we departed, and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. 
After these days we got ready and went up to Jerusalem, and some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Menasson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. And this is the end of our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, the book of Acts. Paul and his associates are still determined to make their way to Jerusalem to deliver the offering to the brothers in need there. They make it to Syria, landing at Tyre. They stayed with the disciples there for seven days. Once again, Paul is forced to weigh the reality that trouble awaits him in Jerusalem, possibly imprisonment or death. The Holy Spirit continually reminds Paul that his mission would involve hardship, suffering, and pouring himself out in love for Christ. After seven days with the saints at Tyre, the disciples and their families go with Paul to the port side, kneel and pray as he sets sail for Ptolemaeus. Paul makes the most of every port of call, meeting with the disciples, encouraging them in the word, and spending time with them in fellowship and prayer. At Caesarea, Paul stays at the house of Philip the evangelist. Philip is the only one in the New Testament who is specifically called an evangelist. In Acts chapter 21, verse 8, though all of us are called to do the work of an evangelist in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. We meet Philip's four unmarried daughters who prophesied, that is, they had a spirit-wrought ability to speak forth words that build up, cheer up, stir up, and at times predict future events. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. These ladies prophesy, but are not called prophetesses. Agabus is called a prophet meaning that he had a recognized function at that time in the body of Christ to deliver a word from the Lord. This gift became less prevalent when the New Testament Scripture became the final authority of faith and practice for the church. Agabus's warning was no surprise for Paul, for the Lord had already told him that he would suffer. Yet Paul was committed to fulfilling the will of the Lord. He was ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 21, verse 13. Paul finally arrives in Jerusalem. There he stays in the house of Menasson, a Cypriot, and one of the early disciples in the church at Jerusalem. Now let's go to our next stop on our Bible tour, the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, Psalm 149, verses 1 through 9. We only have one more psalm after this one before we have completed the book, and we will start reading through the book of Psalms again on the day after tomorrow. So let's go to Psalm 149. The Penultimate Psalm Sing to the Lord a New Song Psalm 149 Praise the Lord! Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in His Maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise His name with dancing. Make melody to Him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Have you noticed that as we get close to the end of the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, that each psalm is full of exhortations to praise the Lord? Praise, sing, rejoice, make up a new song, praise His name with dancing, use musical instruments, don't just sing at your fellowship gatherings, sing for joy on your beds. 
Praise and sing with the word of God, with a double-edged sword in your hands. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is his instrument that will carry out all judgment, so live as one who must give an account. Take action against the enemies that war against your soul with fresh obedience to God's holy word. This is the glory of all his saints. May the name of the Lord be praised. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Sadly, as sinful human beings, we have a natural appetite for gossip. Dainty morsels of sensational reports are looked upon as an enticing delicacy. Once tasted, if they are swallowed and absorbed, they infect our inward estimations and attitudes and can sabotage relationships. Once digested, they can trigger an appetite for more. So be careful not to feed on hearsay or gossip. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we need to depend upon you and not give in to the intimidation of the enemy. We cast all our cares upon you, knowing that you care for us. You alone are God. You are our strength, our song, and our salvation. Whom then should we fear? Thank you, Father, for giving us the victory in Christ. We mourn the foolishness of those who act as if they are fit to rule their lives without you. You are the worthy King, the King of all kings. Thank you for speaking to us through the book of First and Second Kings and reminding us that we are still living in the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit in the church. We want to sing to you a new song of praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. It was good to take in today's examples from the Old Testament and to learn how to deal with the intimidation of the evil one, how to put everything before the Lord and trust Him to give us deliverance, and we pray that we'll be like the Apostle Paul, undeterred in the service of our Lord Jesus Christ. So may the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Until next time, if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us an email at podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like to get a written copy, which also has maps of the portions we were reading about today, you can subscribe at newlife.org to a daily commentary of the one-year Bible. May God bless you, keep you, and make known His glory and grace to you in the face of His Son, Jesus Christ.